It's Wednesday, March the 25th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, markets thrill to the prospect of stimulus and business activity plunges. First, the world in brief. American shares surged on hopes that Congress would pass an aggressive economic stimulus bill to limit the fallout of the COVID-19 pandemic. Lawmakers and the Trump administration say they are close to agreeing on a package worth nearly $2 trillion that will give financial aid to Americans and help struggling businesses. The S&P 500 rose 9.5%, its biggest one-day gain since 2008. In a sign of the economic damage COVID-19 is doing, indicators of business activity fell across America and Europe. The IHS market purchasing managers index for Germany fell from 50.7 points last month, any figure over 50 indicates expansion, to 37.2 in March. In America, it fell from 49.6 to 40.5, in Britain from 53.0 to 37.1, and in France from 51.9 to 30.2. Narendra Modi, India's Prime Minister, announced a nationwide lockdown for 21 days to contain the spread of COVID-19. Mr Modi said there would be a total ban on venturing out of your homes for its 1.3 billion people, including those who live by daily wages. Fewer than 600 cases have been confirmed, but testing is scarce and the health system fragile. Populist presidents declared that COVID-19 would be no match for them. Donald Trump said that two weeks of closures should be enough to control the virus and that America would be raring to go by Easter. In Brazil, Jair Bolsonaro described lockdowns as scorched-earth policies that should be abandoned. Many medical experts, whatever their opinions are worth, disagreed. China's Hubei province, the source of the COVID-19 outbreak, will lift restrictions on people leaving the province today for those with a code certifying their health. Wuhan, the provincial capital where the outbreak began, will do the same on April 8th. A jihadist group ambushed and killed around 70 Nigerian government troops in Borno State in the northeast of the country. The guerrillas used rocket-propelled grenades to attack a vehicle full of soldiers. They also took several captive. The group they belong to split off from Nigeria's homegrown Boko Haram in 2016 and now considers itself an Islamic State affiliate. And the Summer Olympic Games, due to start in July in Tokyo, have been postponed until 2021 because of the coronavirus pandemic. On Sunday, the International Olympic Committee had said it would make a decision within four weeks, but several countries, including America, which sends the biggest contingent to the Games, urged officials to postpone the event. And now, here's today's agenda. Faster, higher, later. The Olympics postponed. The odds this summer's Tokyo Olympics would survive the COVID-19 pandemic had been lengthening for weeks. Yesterday, a joint statement from the International Olympic Committee and the Tokyo Organizing Committee bowed to the inevitable and announced a delay until not later than the summer of 2021. This is an embarrassment for Japan's Prime Minister Abe Shinzo, who long refused to countenance a postponement, but also a partial victory. He has avoided the definitive cancellation of a legacy project. The delay will be a relief to athletes, 87% of whom in a recent survey said the pandemic had marred their preparation, and 78% of whom preferred postponement. 
The governments of Japan and Tokyo have invested $25 billion in the games and companies provided more than $3 billion in sponsorship. They too will be glad not to write off the prospect of any income from what, whenever they are held, will still be called the 2020 Games. Brace Positions – Argentina's Economy Argentina's new government will today publish GDP figures for last year, with economists warning that the COVID-19 pandemic could be about to send the country into a deep recession. GDP is forecast to have contracted by 2.1% in 2019, but what matters now is the dire situation to come. One former central banker predicts that the country's economy could shrink by up to 4% in 2020. Though weighed down by high inflation and heavy debt, President Alberto Fernandez's government is implementing fiscal stimulus measures worth billions of dollars. Its Treasury Minister, Martin Guzman, warns that the COVID-19 crisis means that it is now impossible to say when and how Argentina can return to growth. That was Mr Fernandez's primary goal when he took office just four months ago, an aim that looks harder by the day as infections mount in the country. Raising a Racket – COVID-19 in India India's Prime Minister likes a good thunderclap. This is to save India, Narendra Modi declared last night as he slapped a 21-day lockdown on the whole country, a quarantine for 1.3 billion people. Initial reactions included panic as confused citizens mobbed food sellers. It was later clarified that essential commodities are to remain available. Keeping India indoors should, by one estimate, reduce the eventual number of cases by 62%. As yet, India has counted just 562 cases of COVID-19, albeit with pitifully little testing. The potential scale of the problem is hard to fathom, where there is just one doctor for every 11,600 citizens and one isolation bed per 84,000. Around $2 billion is being set aside to strengthen rickety healthcare facilities. On Sunday, Mr Modi had led families to gather on balconies to bang pans and cheer the nation's fight against the disease. Now begins the hard part, in near silence. Busting the Black Zero – Germany's Budget For years, Germany has run the tightest of fiscal ships, frustrating many in the Eurozone and beyond. Then came Covid-19. Today, the Bundestag will approve a €156 billion, Euro, $168 billion supplementary budget for 2020, under which Germany will issue new debt for the first time since 2013. The borrowing breaks Germany's black zero balanced budget policy and exploits an emergency rule in the constitutional debt break. Yet it is just one part of Germany's response. The government has expanded Kurzarbeit support, in which the state partly covers the lost wages of workers who have their hours cut, extended various loan guarantees, and even earmarked funds for direct investment in companies. The package amounts to a potential 750 billion euros, and more may follow. The scale of the response has surprised observers, but at European level less is happening. Germany and the euro area's other hawks remain implacably opposed to debt mutualization. Switching on the printers, the Bank of England. Today's meeting of the Bank of England's Monetary Policy Committee should have been the first with Andrew Bailey in the chair, but the new governor found himself presiding over an emergency meeting last week amid what he described as market conditions borderline disorderly. 
In common with other central banks, the Bank of England is aggressively easing monetary policy to react to a rapid economic slowdown due to the spread of COVID-19. Despite interest rate cuts, £200 billion, $232 billion more quantitative easing, amounting to some 10% of GDP, and more direct support for private sector lending, the bank is more worried about undershooting its inflation target than overshooting it. Today's release of consumer price statistics is likely to show that inflation remained below the 2% target last month. More monetary easing is likely, but with interest rates already at 0.1%, an all-time low, fiscal policy will have to do most of the heavy lifting. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Claude Debussy, who passed away on this day in 1918. There is nothing more musical than a sunset. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.